What is up, world? It's your host, Kelly Hall. The misunderstood. I'm very misunderstood. The queen of being misunderstood. You guessed it. It's me. And I'm so excited about today's episode because I get asked this question all the time. And it's finally time to set the record straight in true misunderstood fashion. Everybody wants to know my diet plan. And I like not on a diet, but you know, I don't like I live my life. I'm not here to, you know, count peas and onions over here. Like I'm just doing my thing. But obviously it's very calculated and it makes sense and it all has a purpose. And the purpose is honestly to be healthy and to be confident because I've noticed over time whenever I like, you know, divulge into the s'mores, Oreos and Captain Crunch, I'm like, whoa, I don't feel very confident at all about myself right now. I feel like a fluff monkey. (laughs) So, you know, I had a get my act together. And now when I work out and I eat healthy and I, you know, go to a restaurant, order a really healthy meal, it was delicious. I'm like, I don't even have to feel bad about eating that because that was amazing. So just over time, I've learned that I love being healthy. I really, really do. But I had to start somewhere. You know, four years ago, you heard me talk about this on a previous episode. Uh, Four years ago, I was literally, I had like a tub of cookie dough in my fridge every single night. And that was my life. Um, And I would have like two spoonfuls every night. That Every night, like in bed, I would drop like chocolate chips on my pillows. Well, got my act together. And I decided I really wanted to start pursuing this because I saw other women my age who they had my body type. They were petite, you know, but they were putting in the work. They were going to the gym. They were making good decisions with their diet. They were buying healthy foods. And I was like, huh, what if I did that? Like, what would happen in my life? Like, what would my energy be like? What would my body look like? Let me just see how it goes. And I saw instant results. Well, fast forward to June of 2019, I decided to compete in Miss California, USA. And when I say I decided, I like had an idea too, but then I contacted Craig. I met him previously and I said, you know what? If I'm going to do this whole Miss California, USA thing, I really got to dial up um, and take it to another level. So I reached out to him. He convinced me, obviously, winners do Miss California, USA, and I need to do it. So I ended up doing it. And working with him changed absolutely everything. I'm not even just talking about like pageant world. He sat down with me my very first time ever. And he was like, all right, this is what you're going to eat. And I just like scribbled notes down in my journal. It was like this messy, like doctor's handwriting. No offense to doctors. But it was just like this, you know, all these words with like insulin and fasting and carbs and no carbs and keto and insulin index. And like, I was like, I don't even know what insulin means. But anyways, after, you know, that day and moving forward for the next nine months of training for Miss California, I basically just did what he told me and it worked. And my body for Miss California was the best it's ever been. And I felt super confident. And the entire time, I never really felt like I was restricting myself at all. Uh, maybe I was restricting myself from like garbage, but you're not supposed to put that in your body anyway. So really, I nothing about my diet changed that much. And I say that like in that I wasn't already eating like trash. What I mean is my diet changed in like when I was eating and what I was eating. 
So I guess it did change a lot, but <laughs> I was eating a specific window of time and I wasn't eating carbs for the first time. Um, and we'll get into exactly why in this episode, like why that makes the biggest difference. But this became a lifestyle for me, intermittent fasting, um, you know, staying under a certain amount of carbs each day, eating a ton of protein. That stuck and it has stuck and it's been eight months since I competed in Miss California. So essentially the same amount of time and I still stick to the same plan. So that is what I want to talk to you guys about today. Craig is just so knowledgeable on this topic. He's done extensive, extensive research. He just actually um, wrote um, I think he spent the last six months writing out a diet guide he's going to be releasing in the next few months where he, you know, read through all these studies and did all this research and, you know, calculated his own insulin index and what foods. It was very impressive. But I knew I had him have him on the show to talk to you guys about it because, you know, sometimes things go right over my head and I don't really know what he's saying. I'm like, I believe button all the way. But the more and more and more I've asked questions – the more I understand why putting certain things in my body is working the way it is. And it's also made me not want to put garbage in my body because I know what it does. And Craig has helped me with that. So you guys are going to grab a notebook, um, take a couple notes. That's what I did the first time I talked with Craig because there's so much information. But this really is a sustainable plan which is what matters, not just a quick fix to fit into a dress. Like this is a long-term plan to build a healthy le- lifestyle and the science, bas- the science behind healthy fat loss. So let's dive in, guys. We've got Body by Craig back in the house again. Aren't you guys thrilled? I know. I haven't had anyone on the show this much before. (laughs) I know. That's why your ratings have gone. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. It's it's really helping those ratings. No, seriously, you're obviously my go-to for so many things in life. And as we've continued to talk and work together and you've coached me, I thought we needed to do the most obvious podcast in the world with you, which was nutrition, because you were the biggest difference for me whenever I started working with you. I think our first FaceTime ever was about diet and nutrition, like right away. Usually is. Usually is. And is a game changer, obviously. So, um, I mean, I was a complete novice when it came to nutrition. I don't even think I really started understanding why I was eating what I was eating or when or the reasoning until like the last couple months, which is funny because I've been working with you for over a year, but I just kind of believed you to begin with. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, little just, did you know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll press the I believe button and eat that and <laughs> not eat that. But, uh, but now it's starting to make sense. So this episode is specifically for the average everyday person, not necessarily yeah competition or you have a bikini photo shoot or you're going on stage but I think it's important for everybody to know about it yeah I'm, I'm sick and tired of watching people struggle and fail at dieting and the stuff I've seen over the last 28 years is 
really upset me and appalled me. So let's just cut through all that crap and tell everybody what actually works. You got to understand, I'm not a medical officer, right? I'm not the medical officer of my firm. I'm not a doctor, not a registered nurse. Uh, You know, I'm just a coach. I'm not a registered dietitian or nutritionist. I'm a coach and a trainer and I get paid to do what works. Mm -hmm. 28 years, I've known what works. And for the last eight years, I've done it as Body by Craig. I'm Patrick Planet Trainer of the Year. So uh, the results from day one have been off the chain. And now this is your chance to understand why I do what I do and exactly what it is and how you can apply it for yourself. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in. So I know you just did more research and are about to release a diet guide. So Craig, kick us off with nutrition. And as you said, the nutrition world is bipolar. Yeah, it is. And it sucks because, and why should you care? Because you're caught up in it. Uh, whether you understand that or not. I mean, every expert you go to for advice, I mean, you just want to lose some pounds, right? You want to get thinner. Uh, You go to your doctor, you go to several doctors, you go to your nutritionist, your dietitian, your trainer, your coach, whatever. And what you don't know is that they picked a side, one side or the other. They're either going to be a keto advocate and and follow that path, or they're going to be the diametrically opposed advocate. We call it SECO, calories in, calories out. And the two really don't bridge very well together. Keto basically is insulin is all that matters. Calories don't matter at all. You can eat basically what you want. Just keep your insulin down, do a lot of fasting, um, eat high fat because that keeps your insulin low. Don't eat much protein uh, and get those carbs down. So it's very low carb. And the calorie people on the other hand are saying that's BS. Insulin is not deterministic at all. Uh, It's deficit that's non-negotiable, that you can be in a low and controlled insulin all you want. Uh, if you eat 4,000 calories a day, you're going to gain weight. So the calorie folks laugh at the keto folks and the keto folks snark at the calorie folks. The <laughs> calorie folks are telling you, you've got to have a calorie deficit. You've got to get it down. Your body burns fat in a high insulin environment short term. So insulin really doesn't matter all that much. Uh, they want you to eat low fat, not low carb, higher carb, uh, whereas keto is low carb. And then again, both uh, diets really don't care that much about protein. Um, I've watched this snark debate, this snark fest go on for 28 years, and um, I have never bought into either side. I do what works, which means I found a bridge between the two. So that's what I do. I blend that. So I think the first thing is you've got to change your lifestyle. Okay. Okay. It's not just a diet. All right. You've got to change the way you view food. You've got to change the timing of when you eat and you've got to change or upgrade the quality of what you eat. So if you really want to learn how to make this happen in the short term and to sustain it long term, you've got to upgrade. You got to up your game. You've got to up Mm -hmm. the quality of what you're putting in your body. It's the same thing you do in your life if you're on a bad track and you're surrounded by lousy people or they're dragging you down or you got negative influences. What do you do? You change your environment. You change the people. That's the first thing you do. And then you're able to move on with your life. And again, I coach hundreds of young women and men, uh, but mainly women around the world. And this is a common phenomenon, right? Right. They've got higher aspirations. They want to change things. Well, you got to upgrade. The same thing is true with your food. You've got to up your menu and you've got to understand what that means and how to do it. Um, And then there's the conundrum of weight loss versus fat loss, because the two are not the same. So everybody talks about, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. If I had a Benjamin for every time a girl told me 
um, hey, Craig, I'm 125 pounds or I'm 135 now. I want to be 125 on game day. So I just need to lose 10 pounds and tone up a little bit. Uh, if I had a Benjamin, every time I heard that, I'd be able to buy my own private island, I think. <laughs> because, because when I evaluate those young women, they're all skinny fat. And what I mean by that is they need to do a lot more than just lose 10 pounds. They have no underlying muscle because they've done endless calorie restriction and endless cardio. Mm -hmm. And they haven't known how to bridge that. So uh, weight loss and fat loss are not the same thing. When you lose weight, you're going to lose at least 25% of that weight from muscle and as much as 50%. And that's catastrophic, especially if you're a competitor. But even if you're an average uh, Jane or Joe, because when you lose that much muscle, you've lost your fat burning machine going forward. When you lose that muscle, your fat burning metabolism at rest just isn't very strong. When wow. you have muscle, you're burning fat 24-7. So muscle doesn't only make you look pretty. It's actually kind of critical to the process of burning fat long term. So weight loss diets are scorched earth. I think the best example of that is the Biggest Loser contest with Jillian Michaels ah, and those poor yeah. souls that she put through that, the, those very harsh star calorie starvation diets and endless cardio. Uh, they did a study on the Biggest Losers. Uh, they got 14 out of the 16 contestants to participate. And almost, well, all but one had regained all of the weight they lost on the show, plus some amount back uh, within uh, six years. Um, and, and that was on the outside. Most of them regained it within three or four years. Wow. Uh, and they're, the big shocking finding of the study, which isn't shocking to me, is they, they so damaged their metabolisms by doing that that they were now burning calories at that starvation uh, calorie rate. Their metabolisms went down to that rate, what they were eating in starvation. And when they went back to their normal calorie eating, uh, their body was not able to reset. So they gained all that back. And that's because they lost so much muscle um, as a part of that process. So you want to avoid that biggest loser strategy at all Okay, so costs. quick question. In layman's yep. terms, you're saying they restricted themselves so much that now like their metabolism went down to that rate. So let's say your normal metabolic calories, okay, are in or like 3000 a day. Okay? okay. And let's say you go down to 800 to 1000 a day uh, to do this show mm -hmm. and to lose that weight rapidly. Well, you're gonna lose 25 to 50% of your muscle doing that. So we know that from about a billion different studies. So that's a fact. Okay, so what happens is your metabolism goes down to that 1000 calories a day rate, right? Mm -hmm. It resets down there. Now, when you decide that you've lost all the weight and you got your goal and you're all excited and you can fit into that dress and all that, you go back to eating what you ate before. But your body's metabolism doesn't rise. It stays down there. Gotcha. It stays. So you're burning calories and you're not burning enough. So you can't eat more than 800 calories a day a thousand calories a day without gaining weight. And it's going to take years for you to reset that. And there are actually specific things you would have to do to do that. Um, so it is fixable, but the point is not many people know how to fix it. Mm, and you wow. should avoid going through all that to begin with. Now that again is a big snarky debate in the nutrition world. Do you really damage your metabolism or you just have metabolic changes or adaptation, or you just slap it around a little bit, maybe and call it names. I don't know. But the point is, that's a fact. That's how your body reacts to severe, fast weight loss. Wow. You burn muscle, which you need, 
and your metabolism goes in the tank and it does not climb and reset. So how many people can eat 800 to 1,000 calories a day for the rest of their lives? How about zero? Right. It's like not I mean, that. nobody can do that. That's not sustainable. So you want to avoid going down a road that has a 98% failure weight. Okay. And that's exactly what it is long-term of calorie starvation and endless cardio. You want to go down a road that allows you to build muscle, promote that muscle growth in your diet, in what you're eating. Okay. And then that will allow you to sustain that fat loss and sustain those gains over the very long term. And that really is what my, my approach to dieting has always been. And because that difference here is the short term versus the long term, right? Right. I mean, in the short term, I'm just, I'm here to tell you, if, if you're telling me I only want to lose weight, I don't care, and I need to fit into that wedding dress, I need to fit into that gown in three months, and I don't care about anything else, then my answer to you is anything you do, I'm going to repeat that, anything you do to lose weight will work over the first two or three months, anything. And I'm not joking. As long as you're taking in fewer calories a day than you're expending, okay, you are going to lose weight. Absolutely, 100% guaranteed. That's an ironclad law. Okay. The problem is that short term. Mm -hmm. What happens when you want to sustain that long term? Suddenly, you hit the wall and that all falls apart. So, what I think you really should care about in life is your long is the long game, right? And right. being in this for the long haul and really being able to sustain this. So you don't want to go down a road where you know absolutely after that big wedding is over, after that thing, you're going to go right back to where you were before within just a few months. And that's absolutely the way that works. Okay. So we want to avoid that approach that scorched earth approach at all costs. And we want to set it up where you can still lose that weight, but lose it in terms of fat and maintain as much muscle as you can while you're losing that in the short term and then set you up long-term to do that. And the bridge that allows you to do both, the calorie restriction short-term and the fat burning long-term is intermittent fasting and eating within a timed eating window every single day. So we'll go back full circle to what we started with, and that is losing fat and keeping it off long-term is a lifestyle change. You have mm -hmm. to change the way you view food. You have to change the timing of when you eat. So we're talking now, you're going to fast for 16 to 18 hours a day, and then you're going to eat for six to eight hours a day within a tight eating window, and you're going to upgrade the composition of the food you eat within that window. And there's, in a nutshell, the blueprint for your brand new 21st century fat loss diet that will stick. Yes. Stick. I, I have to stop you there because that was absolutely what was revolutionary for me. You know, a year ago, a year and a month or so ago, when we first had this conversation, I think I made you repeat that about four times because I was trying to understand like, wait, okay, sure. I eat when? Like, what do I do? Like, what do I <laughs> eat? I'm, I'm like, is this confusing? It sounded confusing. But then the more and more and I, you and I had conversations about it, I was like, 
oh, this is actually really simple. I just have to work on training my body to eat at those times. You know, because I was used to grabbing food at 7.30 a.m. every single day, like I had for the last six years of my entire life. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm pushing that to 9 and then 10 and then 11. And now, sometimes I don't eat until 11.30 or 12. And that's my first meal of the day. But it's a hearty, huge, protein-packed meal. But it took me a while to have that lifestyle change like you were talking about. Yeah, it, it comes as kind of a shock to people. And people think, oh, my God, I'm starving myself, whatever. That's not the truth at all. Fasting is as natural to our bodies as burning electricity and gas is to a hybrid car. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hybrid car is engineered to burn electricity to really run more effectively on electricity. And for our bodies, that's stored fat. Okay, but at the same time, the hybrid car can switch into gasoline mode whenever it has to, you know, whenever the electricity is down or when you feel depleted or whatever, when that gas tank gets run down. Same thing is true with our body. So that's why we eat within a certain window. But we try to live off of our stored fat as much as we can. And for all everybody out there saying, well, that's just keto. That's what he's talking about. Stop. All right. We're not talking about eating high amounts of fat here because I don't believe in that. We're talking about eating, as Kelly said, we're building our meals around protein. So we're doing a high protein approach here to build muscle, okay? And just because there's intermittent fasting involved doesn't make it keto. Intermittent fasting works with a number of different approaches uh, to diet, including my approach, my recomp and and, fat loss approach, recomposition approach. It's not just a keto thing, okay? So let's get rid of all that right now, all right? And- the final kicker in that is for all the calorie folks out there, um, eating within a defined eating window, fasting for a big chunk of your day, naturally, organically regulates and controls your appetite, which controls your calories during your eating window. Because A, you're just not really that hungry, believe it or not. And B, when you eat high protein meals and you build your veggies and everything around that, Trust me when I tell you, you will get filled up very, very fast, okay? I I could sit you down in front of an all-you-can-eat in the diet world that's called ad libitum, but an all-you-can-eat smorgasbord of protein, I guarantee you won't get through very much of it before you are absolutely stuffed. Mm -hmm. And see, it's going to be fairly low to moderate fat. So we're just going to eat fat as we feel like we need. Uh, you know, to feel a little fuller, or to get some satisfaction, like maybe adding a little mozzarella cheese here and there or something like that, a little avocado, and boom, you're done. And all the studies show that fat doesn't satisfy you in the meal. It's protein that re- that results in the greatest meal satisfaction, the greatest meal fullness more than anything else. Now, in the short term, you don't have to do that. Again, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. You can eat high carb. You can have the Snickers diet. You can do what you want for two or three months, and you're going to lose weight. But the problem is, again, you can't sustain it. You're going to hit a wall. And that's the difference. And I didn't want Kelly Hall hitting a wall after California, USA, because Kelly Hall is a very important person, head recruiter for the U.S. (laughs) Navy. She's got this podcast. She's got more photo shoots, more opportunities, more things to do. Uh, She's not one and done. And I don't think anybody listening is one and done either. And that's why we bridge that gap with fasting. And what we wanna do is again, build our meals around protein, add good insulin index veggies, and we can talk about that in a minute, 
and then throw in some fats just to round out the meal a little bit, but you don't want to go nuts with fat. Eat two main meals a day at the beginning of your eating window, at the end of your eating window. Try to avoid snacking in between. Eat till you're full and only eat when you're hungry within your eating window. So don't feel like you have to sit out at one o'clock or noon and eat your big lunch. If you look at yourself and say, I'm really not hungry today. Don't eat it. Wait. Wait a few more hours. Give yourself some more fat burning, some more in, low insulin time, mm-hmm. and let your body direct this process. Let your body tell you what it wants. Uh, don't count calories or macros. So I'm going to repeat that. We eat till we're full. Yes. We don't select foods and meals on the basis of calories alone. We're allowing our fasting to control naturally the amount we are eating, which controls our calories because it regulates our appetite. So it's an organic way of doing that. And that's why fasting works. Not only is fasting natural for your body, uh, I'll spare you the sanctimony, but let's just say that Jesus Christ fasted, Muhammad, you know, uh, Buddha. I mean, you can go down the list of the great religious leaders in the world, including uh, great men and women uh, in the 20th century, 19th century. I mean, you know, fasting has always been a part, it's part of Ramadan, you know, it's a part of everything. So fasting is a natural human reset. Mm-hmm. And now there's all kinds of super cool research on fasting because fasting is hot right now. Again, I've been doing this 28 years, guys. <laughs> this ain't this ain't new to me. I was 28 years ahead of the curve. All right. And now they're just catching up. And now they're starting to realize and say, oh, my gosh, casting can shrink cancer cells. Fasting can shrink cancer cells. Oh, my goodness. Fasting might help you with stress eating and stress and eating disorder problems. Oh, my goodness. You know, fasting can help, you know, reset your metabolism and reset your entire immune system. If you fast for three straight days and do a juice cleanse or a water cleanse, you can reset your entire immune system in three to five days. The whole thing. I mean, they're just now starting to discover this. So fasting is hot, but fasting is also very beneficial. So you use fasting to control your calories, your appetite, and then to define that eating window so that when you get there, if you can just confine yourself to that six to eight hour window a day, even if you cheat sometimes, even if you go off the rails, even if you have a crazy weekend, whatever, um, you're not going to do all that much damage. You can recover. And then again, working out in the gym is a huge part of my approach to this to keep those calories regulated, to keep that energy balance regulated on those days when you might not be as clean and as good as you should be with your carbs or whatever, right? So you have that exercise to fall back on to help burn off that extra, those extra calories. So I think that's a big part of the 21st century approach uh, to fat loss. The long-term, you know, like you were talking about the difference between short-term and long-term, I I think I started working out with you nine months before Miss California, which was in January 2020, and did exactly what you were talking about. You know, I, I ate at noon and I ate at 7 p.m. I It sounds crazy, but I think I did double protein at any point where it was Yeah, offered. you should. Like more, I ate more than my own boyfriend. <laughs> I was like, yeah. double protein Chipotle, double protein sushi, double protein, whatever it is, yep. you know, yep. and then the carbs were either no carbs or limited carbs, but at every opportunity I was, and then I was eating, you know, extra salads or extra greens and extra veggies and it stuck. I mean, I think right before Miss California, we changed things a little bit. You well, know, that's a different situation. Yeah, that's yeah, a whole yeah. different thing. And we had a separate conversation about that, you know, two right. or three weeks before competition. 
But still, I mean, I was three weeks before Miss California and I was still eating the same and I was full and I exactly. eat the same way now. I eat the exact same way now. It was completely manageable. It just took a little bit of time to get used to, you know, maybe not eating in the morning, looking right. at what I was eating and really understanding what I was eating because like you'll get into later, once you start understanding how certain foods affect your body, you become a lot less interested in eating them, <laughs> you know? Because you're like, yeah, it's a consciousness enticing. thing. It's a consciousness thing. Like I yep. said, upgrading the quality of what you're doing. When you really realize, when you go without these foods for a while that, you know, you might, you know, be relying on that you're pressured into eating with your BFFs, whatever, uh, pizza, beer, whatever the heck it is, and you go without them for a while and you go back to them, you're going to get violently ill. It happens to everyone. They start, they eat one half a slice of pizza, they drink a little bit of beer and they go home that night and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. And they spend a really grueling night, um, you know, and alone in the dark wondering, you know, my gosh, I used to live and subsist on this stuff and now I can't even touch it. I wonder what the heck it was actually doing to my body this entire time. Mm, yeah. And once you start to change that consciousness a little bit, you're going to say, look, you know, I'll go out and do this occasionally. I mean, this isn't a life sentence. You're not swearing off pizza and beer for the rest of your life. You, you, you work for it. You train for it. You plan for it. And then when you're ready, you go out on vacation and you do it. And then you come mm -hmm. home, hit the reset button, and you start again. Uh, and you won't go back into those eating habits because it's so disgusting. When you do it, you just won't do it. And this is everybody's reaction. This, I mean, I, I have women in their 50s doing this who are not educated women, they're blue collar women who thought, my God, you're gonna kill me, this is real. And they do it and they're like, oh my God. And now they're publishing every day on Facebook or whatever, their meals and how they're eating this. And then they show pictures of it and what they're doing and how much better they feel and how much fat they've lost. It, this is very natural. Trust me, this is, the real starvation is 800 calories a day. Now that's real starvation. Yeah, I believe it. I can't even imagine eating only 800 calories a day. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> that's what your pageant competitors have been doing for years. And yep. that's what a lot of pageant directors still tell them to do. And you can go down the list. But that's why all those crazy celebrity diets you read about actually work for three or four months, two or three months. Mm -hmm. And then when they go back to eating somewhat normally, they crash and burn and go mm -hmm. right back to where they were. So that's why it doesn't work long term. But again, if you can control when you eat every day, you can... Pick a tight eating window. If you don't want to think in terms of, oh my gosh, I'm doing a 16 hour fast. I'm doing an 18 hour fast. Just think in terms of I'm doing an eight hour eating window today, or I'm mm -hmm. doing a six hour window today, or I'm not really that hungry. I'll do a four hour window today. I mean, what's the big deal? Do what your body asks you to do and eat till you're full guys. Don't starve I, yourselves. Eat I, till you're full. As long as you build your meals around protein, you can't go wrong. I don't even feel like I think about it as a 16 hour fast because I'm sleeping for half of that, you know? Well, that's right. And a lot of people ask, does that include sleeping? Yes, absolutely it does. And here's another thing about fasting. Intermittent fasting is exactly what you do when you're asleep every night. And you don't wake up every three hours to eat. Right. You don't wake up every three hours saying, oh, I can't stand my life. I've got to eat, you know, the Cheetos and the Frito. You don't, you don't do that when you're asleep. You, you'll sleep six, eight, 10, 12, 15 hours if you can. And you're not waking up and you don't wake up dead. So it mm -hmm. isn't that big a deal. So don't over-dramatize it. It's not that big a deal. It's very organic and natural. You do it every single night when you're asleep. So you count that time when you're asleep 
and then you just add the time on top and you hit your eating window. So if you're lucky and you can sleep in on vacation, you can sleep into 10, 11 o'clock. If you're lucky, you don't have the kids running around, whatever. And then you've got, oh, I've got, I can eat in two hours. And, and then, you know, that your eating window starts and maybe you don't want to at that point. So there you go. You can undo so, a lot of damage by eating within a defined time window and upping the quality of what you eat. That's 70% of the game today. So on the topic of the quality of what you eat, I know that you have just worked extensively on the insulin index and your new diet guide and other things. I mean, off the top of your head or for those who need some guidance like me, you know, that didn't know anything, um, what are some things you recommend, like some simple go-to meals or simple go-to veggies or like things to build your plate around? Yeah, anything protein, basically. And again, everybody, uh, the, the calorie folks, well, you know, protein spikes your insulin. The keto folks, well, we don't want you doing more than 50 grams of protein. Can you imagine trying to build muscle on 50 grams of protein? I mean, that's not even a good solid protein shake today, or it's about one and a half protein shake. I mean, it's ridiculous. So if you build your meal around protein, you're talking chicken. You can have chicken with the skin on. You're going to have white meat chicken, chicken breast. I tend to buy the, the chicken breast cutlets and eat those in my air fryer, fry those up. Um, I do a lot of cod. I do a lot of fish, white fish, salmon. Uh, sometimes I go for the extra fat. Sometimes I go for the white fish. I do cod, flounder, you know, all that stuff. Um, and salmon as well. Um, I do uh, turkey. But again, no processed meats. I don't want anything in a deli. I don't want anything that's got, you know, any kind of preservatives or that's been processed or pieced together and lumped together into some thing they call turkey that you get. Sli- so I do fresh, whole food. So anything protein basically is going to be fine. Red meat, and I prefer bison over beef, quite frankly. I think it's a lot cleaner, and it just sits better with me. I'm not really a big red meat guy, but you can do lamb, pork, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. That's going to be decent, moderate on the insulin index. And then veggies are going to be your dark green cruciferous veggies. It's going to be stuff like asparagus, broccoli, cauliflower, not dark green, but cruciferous, um, Brussels sprouts. Um, You can have green beans. Um, you know, you can do uh, stuff like that, but you stay away from the potatoes and the and the complex carbs at first. So you're not going to want to add in the sweet potatoes or rice or black beans or anything that have, you know, a lot of carbs in them uh, in the beginning, unless you're doing an all vegan vegetarian diet. And that's a whole different ballgame. I call that Mediterranean. And I have my own eating option for my girls and clients who don't want to go. Uh, you know, with any white meat or any kind of meat at all, animal protein, or even fish that are not pescatarians. They're vegetarians or vegans. We have a whole bunch of options for that. But you want to just keep, and the insulin index of those things is all going to be very low. And then you're going to add a little avocado, a little salad dressing, something like that. Just don't avoid all added sugar. Anything with added sugar, you toss in the garbage Mm -hmm. and you eat stuff. And they've got so many options today. They've got all these cool you know, low carb, low fat, you know, again, low fat is often an evil because a lot of that stuff is overly processed. So low fat sour cream, believe it or not, has a worse insulin index than full fat sour cream. So you want to keep your insulin as low as possible, but you're not going to eat a lot of sour cream anyway. You might put a tablespoon on what you're doing, right? And a tablespoon, you know, a few slices of avocado and a tablespoon of some kind of dressing, but they got all these cool dressings today. You can get no sugar, no junk, stuff today and it tastes just like the stuff that's laced with sugar you can't tell the difference so you've got all sorts of things there's no excuses today for getting any kind of ridiculously added sugar to your meals 
And then I personally recommend everyone avoid gluten and wheat, especially when you're in the beginning of your fat burning. If you want to add it back in after you hit maintenance, that's up to you. But I think a lot of people, once they get off of gluten, discover they really don't like it that much. They don't like what it does to their stomach. There's mm. a lot of allergies and, and microbiome and gut issues and headaches and migraines and all kinds of stuff are traced back to gluten to a certain degree. And that's not, you know, phony, you know, science. That's real science now. So um, and I just avoid it like the plague. And then I don't eat any sugar in the beginning. And that includes fruit. So when I'm in my fat burning, I'm really just doing protein, veggies. And that's it. And you can do raw or cooked veggies. So salad greens with, you know, anything you want. So again, and I make huge portions and I'll eat what I can. And then the rest of it I'll have for dinner or I'll store it till the next day. And I eat till I'm full. And I make sure, I mean, I'm stuffed. And there's none of this picking at, oh goodness, I got to weigh out my food. Now I got to count my macros. Okay, so I'm over my my 30% protein, so I need to take <laughs> that out. And then I'm over my 42.5%, you know, carbs. And I got to, you know, I mean, I we just, I mean, I avoid all that nonsense because all that stuff is notoriously inaccurate anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, calories can be. You go to the restaurant, you see the menu, right? And they tell you, oh, 325 calories. That could be off as much as 25 to 40%. Wow. Depending on what the kitchen does that day. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what you're really getting. I mean, it's, it's a crock. Okay. So just don't buy into it. Just get off that roller coaster of counting calories and just, and they say, well, how much, what about portions? I don't care. I mean, 16 ounces of uh, chicken breast. Have at it. If you can eat it, good for you. I don't think you can at one mm-hmm. sitting, but good luck. Try it. See how, see how you get. And you'll lose a prodigious amount of fat on this. Um, on this on this method, everybody does. I have yet. I'm sure fasting is not for everyone. People say, well, you know, don't don't just jam fasting in there because people may not like it. That's fine. It may not work for everyone. I have yet to find a client in my 28 years, and in the eight years I've been doing this officially, but over that time I have yet to find anyone that this doesn't work for. I have yet to find anyone this doesn't work for. And I'm talking about a variety, different ethnic groups, different skin colors, different everything, different countries different everything it works it works across the board and there are certain challenges in getting my indian clients for example you know onto you know this kind of a program and getting them out of some of their high fat sauces and high stuff like that and all that stuff so believe Mm -hmm. me there are cultural challenges with this but this works guys this works and you can correct me if i'm wrong but something that you had me do when i first started because like i said i always had breakfast was i would do scrambled eggs later and later and later until right. I could finally, I started eating around 11 or 12. Exactly. So if if you're a morning breakfast, yeah, if you're a breakfast person, I have a, a young lady who just made an NFL cheerleading squad. Um, really proud of her, but she absolutely swore up and down for the two, three years we've trained that she had to have breakfast, that she was going to go hypoglycemia. I mean, she was going to go low blood, her blood sugar was going to crash. I would just roll my eyes. Goes, that's a myth, by the way. That's a myth. You say, well, that's not true, Craig. It's not a myth because people's blood uh, I'm sorry. Are you an endurance athlete? Are you running a marathon? Are you running 60, 80, 100 miles every week? In that case, yeah, you need to watch your blood sugar. But if you're like the rest of us and you're not doing that kind of intense, you know, you're just doing what we're normally doing, going to burn body boot camps and going to the gym and doing cardio, you're not going to end up with any kind of sugar issues. That's ridiculous. 
Your body doesn't work like that. If your body's that fragile, you need to go to the doctor, get thoroughly checked out, and because there's something else wrong. Um, it's more likely you're dehydrated. So I got her drinking more water and I had her push it back, push it back, push it back, right? Until finally she was eating around 1 p.m. and she was having so many struggles with this. This is so hard. I can't do it. And then after seven, nine days, it took her nine days the first time. Then she texted me, oh, this worked. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and now she wouldn't eat breakfast if her life depended on it. She is absolutely like this. I, I don't need it. I don't want it. So yeah. this works, guys. But everybody's got their own transition time. So yeah, give yourself sure. a little bit of time to get into it. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I don't even think I'm ever hungry now at like 9, 10, 11. I'm not. Ish, ever. And sometimes I'm so busy. I just forget to eat literally until dinner comes around. Like, oh, there's my 24 hour fast. So I'll just make extra portions, do my best with it. Usually can't eat it. And call it a night, go to bed, you know, do my night work, my writing, whatever, and go to bed or train my West Coast or other clients, um, you know, late until that 10, 11 p.m. And, you know, that's it. Hit the sack. Get up five in the morning, do it all over again. So, again, you know, it's just not an important part of my life. What's important is the way I feel, the way I look, my muscle tone, um, you know, my inches, you know, my appearance, all that, you know, my health is everything, you know, on point. And it is. Wow. Well, Craig, we already covered a ton, but and you feel free to repeat yourself if you've already touched on it. But what would you say is the biggest misunderstanding in nutrition today? That it's either keto and insulin or it's calories and starvation. It's not either or, it's both. And fasting is the bridge to both. To lose fat and weight in the short term, you have to control your calories. You have to have an energy balance and you need to work out intensely in the gym to do that and you need to get off the cardio machines and you need to cross over to the dark forest of your gym <laughs> if, if you can get into your gym today and and learn to lift and if you can't do it at a gym you do it at home and you learn to lift weights okay build that muscle that lean mean elongated muscle not fat heavy bulky muscle unless that's what you want all right so you do that and then you eat within a tight controlled eating window every single day start with eight hours you might have to start with 10 hours and get it to eight and then get it to six six is a really good maintenance and then if you're a competitor you want to eventually get it down to four and then you want to zigzag you know once you get to maintenance you're going to zigzag back and forth but that's a conversation for another day and then within that eating window you want to eat the highest quality foods you can possibly put down your throat whole foods that don't have more than three ingredients, nothing processed, nothing with added sugar, nothing that's got simple or crap carbs in it, no junk food, none of that stuff, whole foods, and build your meals around protein, lots of protein. Get 120 grams of protein a day and more, okay? Right. It is much protein as you can stuff down your throat, and trust me, you're on the road to that dream body. All right. Well, you heard it here. Body by Craig, dropping all the knowledge. I mean, where's my, I mean, I want fees for this. If anybody wants <laughs> the diet guide, once it's, um, once it's finally copyrighted and approved, I'll have it for sale, but just contact me either through Kelly's podcast, or you can do body by Craig on Instagram, body by Craig, no doubt on Facebook, body by Craig, no doubt.com. You can leave me a message there on my website and we'll find a way to hook you up. Awesome. Well, Craig, I obviously believe so much in what you do and implement it every single day. 
I'm just so grateful that our paths crossed. And I think so many people are going to benefit from this message. Awesome. I hope so, because I'm tired of watching people struggle. There's no mm-hmm. need for it, especially in the Corona world. We need right. to be as healthy as we can be. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, Craig. I appreciate it. You got it, babe. Hey, you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. If you have 10 seconds of your time, please take time to go to Apple or Spotify and rate my podcast. 10 seconds of your time means the absolute world to me. Also, you can follow me and all of my upcoming episodes on my Instagram at misunderstood.podcast and follow me on at Kelly Renee Hall for any updates. Thanks so much for your support, guys. Keep tuning in on Misunderstood.